0: to the Newfoundland Beer Podcast. I'm Natalie Dignam. Today I'm talking with Chris and Jenny of Rough Waters Brewing, located in Deer Lake, Newfoundland. Rough Waters is one of the island's newest breweries, having opened their doors in December 2019. As their name suggests, Rough Waters has already weathered a few storms before the pandemic, so today we're going to talk about what it's been like to open a small business on the heels of such a turbulent time. Welcome to the show, Chris and Jenny.
1: Thank you. Hey, thanks for having us.
0: So I thought we could start, um, and you could just talk a little bit about, um, kind of your backstory.
1: Yeah, so, like, getting into craft beer, um, I had a oil and gas job, and I was working down in Colorado, and that's where I kind of discovered the craft beer industry, because when I was here in school, like, it didn't really exist, I wasn't even really a beer drinker at that time, and then got down there and, like, found breweries, like, the atmosphere is amazing and just kind of fell in love with the industry and then after the oil downturn I ended up moving back that's when me and Jenny met and then started playing around with home brewing. and then we saw that the industry was starting to kind of develop here and we wanted to get in
2: so how we ended up actually starting was so I did social work originally and Chris was a mechanical engineering technologist and we were both just like working on jobs like both of us had been laid off like a couple times within like a year or two and we just kind of got tired of it and we're just like all right we're gonna this is the time when we should just go for it and then we did and then chris ended up taking a job with port rexton to kind of learn the ins and outs of what's it actually like working with a brew house
1: proper like commercial setup versus just home brewing because it is definitely a bit different going from twenty liters to four hundred. <laughs> yeah, they've been awesome. I'm like when we were first like just looking into the idea, we didn't have a business plan or anything. We had a few phone calls with them and they're just like, Put it together, go for it, like there's a lot of support here, like let us know anytime you need anything and like as we were building out our business plan we would go out on weekends and brew with them and just be able to pick their brain and have a few beer after it was a great way to get more into the
0: industry and I guess you could look at it you guys came in like right at the right time in terms of when the cross yeah. breweries were getting like the support to open and such in the province and then also at a really tricky time because you know you opened and then this happened um
1: yeah we were actually almost a little bit late to the game by the time we found our location and got everything established because they were starting to close off funding options so it actually made it a little bit tricky to get funding, because when we first started, there was five or six breweries operating, and now we're the 17th to open, and Yeah, yeah, that big jump in that short period of time actually made it a little bit tricky, and then yeah, sure. now opening and then four months later closing your doors and not having a clear picture of when you're going to be able to open again
0: can you talk yeah. a bit about how you ended up in Deer Lake
2: yeah um originally when we had started so we actually started this in 2017 like writing a business plan and kind of looking into different locations all the locations originally were on the east coast as well as one in the Burham Peninsula uh, we really struggled to be taken seriously and to even get in the door of different funders because of our age I find well that's that's our theory it was never directly said obviously but a lot of people didn't take us seriously so when that had happened we that's when Chris took the job with Port Rexton to just kind of get professional brewing experience under his belt um we had looked at right several locations on the east coast but when we sat down and thought about it like where we wanted to settle we knew we wanted to be on the west coast and then Deer Lake just kind of spoke to us
0: so what has it been like the past few months uh, for you guys to transition to, like, this whole, basically, like, whole new world, kind of? <laughs> uh,
1: it's definitely been interesting and very challenging. We were lucky enough that we started with a bobbler because there was a few regulatory things that we didn't want to give up on. So to make us be able to open what we did back in December... Uh, we just bottled and had to push everything out the door. So we actually only had our lounge license for on-site consumption for like a month before we had to close, which was too bad because we were starting to like get some events planned and starting to see the community starting to build around it. And now we're trying to add more like distribution, try to go to more local stores around here and figure out where we can get beer out the door.
0: It's really changed so much for craft breweries because I, I, like you were saying, uh, Chris, with your experience in Colorado, like a lot of um, people and brewers that have started breweries in Newfoundland have been really interested in fostering that taproom culture. And that's a huge part of craft beer culture, I think. So it is about the beer, but it also is really tied up with, like you were saying, that atmosphere.
1: Yeah, definitely. And like, we're hoping to start building our taproom culture again in a few months definitely going to be interesting to see how that opens and what we need to put in place to make that happen because right now that's not a very clear picture and there's so many different, it might be like this, it might need plexiglass here, maybe here, maybe this capacity it's interesting to try to navigate and figure out where we're going to be allowed to go
2: I think we're lucky too because a lot of breweries and especially like tourism-based businesses, sorry, breweries, are based on a tourism market including us, like that was always, you know, you kind of make your money in the summer to weather the winter and the slower times. So without that, I'm curious what's gonna happen to the craft beer industry as a whole but also kind of to us, but we're lucky that we had that distribution model right out the gate But we know lots of breweries who don't necessarily have bottlers or canners and are just depending on growler sales
0: yeah and that's really tough to do right now especially when people aren't even like you know aren't even leaving their house very often to go grocery shopping um to go out and and visit like different locations and stuff but i think if you just look at even, like, the online beer community, so many people in Newfoundland has have really rallied around trying to buy local and support local and, like, get businesses through this tough time.
2: Yeah, we've always been trying to support local kind of whenever we can, even with... So we're trying to find different distribution channels now, and we're trying to aim more towards, like, convenience stores or privately owned... PharmaSave is one of the places we're trying to get into in Rocky Harbor because it's locally owned and operated.
0: So one thing that has happened recently that I wanted to chat with you guys about was um, the Newfoundland Liquor Corporation. For people who are not from Newfoundland and Labrador, uh, they do all the regulating of uh, liquor and beer and wine in the province. Um, And so recently, They've had a change to the commission rate for craft breweries, so I was hoping we could talk a bit about this and trying to explain it in layman's terms. I guess.
2: Well, we'll do our best. So, I guess to start, like, liquor is a controlled substance, so we have to pay additional fees on top of you know business taxes that everyone needs to pay, um, to help with like its regulations and jobs associated with that. The press release that came out said that there was a deduction of 55% for that rate. It's actually only a reduction of 5% because there was a 50% reduction back in 2018.
1: Yeah, but saying that even with the reduction, like, we still pay, like, 600 to 800 times more than the other... Atlantic provinces and, like, across Canada, we're still paying a lot more. And, like, it is a very complicated system, like, from province to province, how they control that and what their prices are varies a lot. But on average, like, Canada's 35 cents per liter of beer produced. And then Newfoundland's average is a dollar twenty-seven. It came down a little bit from that, but, like, even us personally based on our volumes and how we package our bottles like we actually pay higher than that
0: when i was reading the um the article on it was that this is the reduction in the rate for breweries that produce a thousand hectoliters or less of beer that is not distributed by the nlc liquor corporation so i was just wondering so any of your beer that is distributed by the nlc like if you bring it to the stores and it's being sold out of the um liquor stores is that tax like is that commission rate higher for that beer
1: uh so it is actually not for just breweries under a thousand it's just their first hundred uh, their first thousand hectoliters that they produce rates based on location so this 55% works for stuff that we sell out of our own shop and that we self-distribute to like privately owned like liquor expresses and convenience stores but then it's remaining at the 50% for anything that goes through the corporate NLC stores and then there's also an agent's fee that's associated with that which is another additional fee that Goes to whoever is selling it. So, like, convenience stores need to be able to make a little bit of money off of beer they're selling. Yeah, so they get that agent's fee. But if it goes to like a corporate store or liquor express, then they're they going to get that agent's fee.
2: So our beer is five fifty. It's five fifty at our shop as well as like NLC locations as well as convenience stores. Depending on where you get it we have to pay more fees for that beer so we make less money if it's at a convenience store or the nlc but we get more i guess profits if we sell it in-house
0: and then that's all only for the first thousand hectoliters
1: yeah so right now it is a bit of a tiered system like we're a small brewery so we won't go over that Mm -hmm. so other breweries once they go above that the commission increases I'm not sure exactly what the percentage of the discount is above that because that's outside of our scale.
0: No, <laughs> thank you for like parsing this out with me cuz I was reading it and trying to understand it because um I had chatted with you guys before that I'm from New England and the system I think must be a bit more similar to other provinces in Canada cuz I've had tourists come and chat with me and when I've worked at Kitty Vitty asking me, oh, is it is it going to be cheaper if I buy it here at the store? And then I'm like, no, it's the same price. But in New England, like, if breweries are selling beer directly to a consumer, like, they don't have any of the those kind of taxes and fees. Like, um, they do pay a bit of a tax, but it's much cheaper to buy beer directly from a brewery than it is to, like, go to a convenience store.
1: Yeah, whereas Newfoundland, it's a set price across the board no matter where it's purchased.
2: Really cuts into us being able to grow because obviously like we would love to have our beer at every single nlc across the province because there should be more craft beer and local options available to everyone no matter where you are but to do that is actually really expensive for craft and especially small breweries like us to be able to do and i don't think people necessarily realize that so like you can get our beer at a couple of nlc locations and they're like well how come i can't get it in grand falls or gander or up in labrador and well in order for us to do that it's
1: you know we need to get the beer there ourselves (laughs) and deal with all the shipping side of it
2: so then there's the shipping as well as we lose you know more money than if we sold it ourselves by selling it to the nlc or convenience stores so it's ends up not being very profitable, if at all.
0: Yeah, and really at the, the crux of this, I think, is that reading the article um, about this issue, like we had kind of talked about, it kind of presents it as this 55% discount, but there are a lot of other um, things to go along with that, such as the fact that even with that discount, it's still, like you were saying, 600 to 800% higher of a commission rate than other parts of Canada and also that's only a small increase from what was approved in 2018 so I'm just kind of wondering what were craft breweries um hoping for especially uh seeing you know like how hard hit many small businesses have been at this time during the pandemic um I guess what was what was the hope that the NLC was gonna help out a little more
1: Um, so I can't speak on behalf of all the breweries, but we are, we did expect to see a bigger decrease.
2: It's only a 5%.
1: Yeah, even like a temporary, like a larger decrease even for a temporary to help us get through this time would have been better to see, but that didn't come to fruition.
0: And it's very confusing, I think, for consumers to parse, but it's been so helpful to have you guys explain kind of like how this actually breaks down for you as a business.
2: It's confusing for us, so I can't imagine what, you know, regular consumers must try and fathom. Like, yeah, I'm still confused trying to figure it all out.
0: (laughs) I had a conversation once working where... Uh, we have pref- I think everyone has to post the um, the NLC like tier the breaking down of the different tiers of pricing so like yeah. if your beer is in tier one it's gonna uh, cost a certain amount and it kind of breaks down what all of those fees are and then the total amount so I was working and I had someone talking to me about that and I was like well you see like the NLC sets all these prices and she was like but I went to the NLC and they told us that you guys set the prices. And I was like, mm-hmm. I guess we both do. I don't know.
1: <laughs> uh, we both do. They don't, we tell them what we would like to set it as and then it comes back with the breakdown. And if that works for us, we can move forward with it. Or we might need to go back and adjust that price to make the margins make sense for us
0: for sure. Yeah, that's kind of the the thing. It's like, yeah, you might have a base price that you would like to charge, but really, you still have to be able to support the business on whatever price you set, plus you know, the the fees on top of it. So I thought we could uh, move on and talk about something that's really important to your business, which is doing locally sourced ingredients and environmental sustainability, and I was hoping you guys could just talk a little bit about that.
2: So a big part of what we want rough waters to be is environment as environmentally and eco friendly as possible. So luckily with spent grain, it's one hundred percent either recyclable or compostable. So we actually give it to a local farmer to feed to his his dairy cows. He's here in Cormac, which is just community over. Our labels are responsibly sourced, they're FSC certified. So what that means is they come from forest that once they chop so many trees down then they replant so many it's not just full-on clear-cutting
1: and there's also a blend of so much recycled material in the labels as well and we there's a number that we, we like to print the certification on the labels that way it's noted that it's there and you can actually take that number and it'll tell you where it was printed and then that company if you were wanted to could track exactly where that paper came from
0: uh so Chris, you come from a engineering background are there any uh parts of kind of like the mechanical parts of your brewing setup that you guys have tried to like adjust to make more sustainable or like energy saving or is that something you're interested in doing
1: um so our biggest thing that we're able to do on that side is to reclaim our cooling water so when our water goes through our heat exchanger So after we boil the wort, we need to chill it down to go into the fermenter and it passes through a heat exchanger. So we put cold water in and then it comes out the other side and instead of just putting that down the drain, we reclaim that and bring it into our hot liquor tank for reuse.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: Yeah, and we just try to be smart with our water usage where we can be like, brewing does use a lot of water, but anything that we can cut, we try.
0: One really interesting thing I think is your uh, emphasis on local ingredients, especially when I was doing my research, Um, you know the craft beer industries here here is so new, so we don't have any hot uh, growers in the province yet, and we don't have any like maltsters. So can you talk a bit about your ingredients and and where you source them from?
1: Uh, So our ingredients are mostly sourced from within Canada. Use, like country malt group and then we use try to get hops that are grown in Canada but based on varieties and all that it's not necessarily possible and we are hoping that we'll see like a maltster come to the island because it would be great to see an industry growing more around here
0: yeah I totally agree I think it would be very interesting to see kind of the the grain malting and Hop growing hopefully in the future. I know there's a lot of like wild hops in Newfoundland, but uh, we don't have like a hop farm or anything yet.
1: No, I think we'll get there. So, like, some other things that we're doing to try to be more local and sustainable is like all of our shirts are made in Canada
2: from organic cotton and recycled polyester. <laughs> so, with the po- they say that apparently one shirt equals up to eight plastic bottles from using this recycled polyester. I'm not really sure how that breakdown works, but that's, that's what I was told, which is pretty cool. Uh, another thing we're doing is, we well, we had started doing, we only had three after, uh, having local markets. So we have like eight to ten vendors in here who are either like local artisans or they bake. We had Saucy Newfoundland. We have a local um, honey that he comes in from Cormac. He has his bee farm out there. Uh, We have a local artist who comes to... Anyway. So with that, we don't charge any, like, table fees. All we do is we collect donations then and give it to whoever it is that month. So actually the last month we did, we had given the table fees and also, like, any donations to the Deer Lake Food Bank. We've also done a local cat rescue and the Isle of You Foundation.
0: And hopefully we'll... We'll be back to be able to do stuff like that soon, like the markets and stuff. I definitely miss being able to go and support local businesses more in that way.
2: We used we had Grossmore Coffee come here every time, and they would like donate coffee, so that way people would like make a coffee and like give us a loony for whatever we're raising money for that month and all I want is Grosworn College. <laughs> I'm just like, we gotta contact them and find them. Like, Cause I know where to get it in St. John's, which is hilarious, but I don't know where to get it out here.
1: And I'm hoping that like, as things start to reopen, people are gonna take that aspect on more and try to support the smaller businesses that are local instead of knowing Big box.
0: Yeah, I think this time has been a really great time to reflect on the ways that all of these small businesses are so important to our community life. You know, whether that's a brewery or a coffee shop or the small markets and things like that, I've definitely noticed in my own life just those interactions you have with people and, and knowing the people who are brewing or making that product that you're buying. I definitely miss it. And so I've been trying my best to support local as I can. So I have one last question for you guys, and that is I'm really interested in what the next trendy beer that everyone's going to be brewing So do you guys have any predictions about what you think is going to be the next big beer trend?
1: For Newfoundland or like the world?
0: I'm going to say Newfoundland.
1: That's okay. Um, I'm expecting this summer to be filled with a lot of fruity sour beer. I
0: don't know. I'm going to predict like hand sanitizers, an IPA hand sanitizer. (laughs) Yeah.
2: It's IPA scented.
0: <laughs> it's so that's that's my prediction. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I'm gonna post along with this episode a link to your website. People can also follow you on Facebook and Instagram. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for listening to the Newfoundland Beer Podcast. This podcast is produced in partnership with CHMR 93.5 FM. You can find us on Instagram at NL Beer Podcast. Thank mm-hmm.
1: Thank <laughs> you.